We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is February 3rd, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, bro? Another W. All right, that's they four of the last up. six, I think, if my math is correct. That I is believe, correct. I, I believe it's four out of the last six. So I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I don't, I, I'm interested to see what the narrative becomes and when it shifts officially to stop winning games. I feel like we're in, we're in danger of that. I feel like I've, that, I've just been noticing that the last week. Like it really started with the Detroit game. And then people are just kind of like, eh, don't know if these wins are necessarily great for the Magic. But yeah, Luke, it's four out of the last six. Um, the only losses were uh, last Wednesday to the Clippers, 111 to 102. And then last night, Tuesday night rather, uh, 126 to 115. We're, of course, recording this Wednesday night after the Magic. Big comeback win over the Indiana Pacers, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Luke, it's. It's kind of strange. Um, I mean, like Detroit, Indiana, especially Indiana being pretty shorthanded tonight, feels like those are wins that you should win, right? But like the win over Chicago and the win over Dallas, it's like, all right, what's going on? Now coming up, we got two games at home against Memphis and Boston. Those are going to be pretty tough. And then you go on a big West Coast road trip, um, and then you finish it off with one game at home versus Atlanta before the All-Star break. So we'll kind of see what happens there. But um, the only reason that I am starting to get a little bit nervous just in terms of, like, if you're, like, obviously I want the team to win and play well. I wouldn't be mad if that kind of comes with a top three pick. But, like, especially Detroit and, like, Oklahoma City, we know, like, Oklahoma City went to incredible lengths last year to like tank as hard as they could now they still ended up with what the sixth pick in the draft but i could see them i could see like the houston rockets going like kind of in full tank mode and we're like definitely going to surpass them so 
I think it's more so because you know I've fallen in love with some of these prospects already, specifically Paolo and and Jabari Smith Jr., which we'll talk about those guys more in a little bit. But yeah, Luke, um, this Magic team—we've been saying it all year. This Magic team isn't as bad as we look if you just look at the standings and at our record. Yeah, they're definitely not, and it's it just coming to a point where, you know, we start worrying about how many games the team is winning, but at the same time. I said it on the last episode, which was this team fully healthy isn't bad enough to get a number a top three pick. Would a top three pick be good? Yeah, but I don't I don't know that like the Magic need it per se. I, I think that like they've got a young core in place, and it would be nice to just add a a you know just a contributor, like a solid player who's not gonna you know may not have all star elite ceiling but also isn't terrible with their floor so i someone that can come in and contribute right away so i, I think that's kind of where i'm at i'm i know it sounds weird to say like i'm, I'm not I, I don't feel like we need a top three pick but i feel like a lot of people would disagree well i mean it's hard to disagree that you know your team is 12 and 41 obviously you could use some more talent and you know you're banking on guys you know coming off of major injuries are going to be healthy you know for your long-term success of this team right now the way that it's currently constructed you know you're going to need markel and you're going to need jonathan isaac to contribute long term if you want this team over the next three to four years to take any you know significant steps forward um uh, but looking you know kind of at the the schedule here we're recording this on the second so we basically got Another eight days until the trade deadline. It's next Thursday, uh, February the 10th, Luke. And this is like put up or shut up time for the front office. If the front office is really serious about tanking and get it, getting a top three pick, and I guess we can talk more about this a little bit later, uh, but like Gary Harris and Terrence Ross most likely will be moved, um, like possibly strictly just for the sake of tanking. And then once those guys are moved, We'll see how long it takes for them to bring Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz back into the fold. Because right now, you take Gary Harris and Terrence Ross out of this lineup, and the Magic are going to be significantly worse off. And then if you continue to hold Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and Michael Carter-Williams and Etwan Moore out, then even though this schedule is going to get a little bit lighter, Luke, the Magic still stand to you know rack up some more losses as we get deeper into the season here. So... To me, the next eight days, just like last year, right? We were talking about like the trade deadline is going to tell us all that we need to know about how the Magic feel about this team, and they gave us a very resounding, oh, hell no, we're rebuilding this team. Mm-hmm. And the trade deadline is going to tell us, to me, everything that we need to know about how the front office feels about this team. If they feel like they've got enough guys and they're ready to go and you know be semi-competitive when guys start getting back, then Gary Harrison and Terrence Ross will still be on this team. Uh, I think Gary Harris right now, I guess we could just have the conversation now, Luke. That's fine. Gary Harris, his value is at an all-time high, you know, expiring deal, shooting 40% over the last 10 games. I'm sure it's pretty close to that if we go to, like, the last 15, 20 games. He's been playing incredibly well. Carrying the Magic offense, you know, in stretches was huge tonight in particular. Um, And then Terrence Ross. You know, everybody has speculated for months and months and months. Terrence Ross is the kind of guy that could come off of the bench as a spark plug for a contender, you know, and help them, you know, as they start to, to get into the playoffs. So I know you've really become fond of Gary Harris, 
But um, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Mavericks to hold on to Gary Harris. One, just given the amount of guards we have, his expiring contract, if they're really trying to tank, and then, like, you know, I just don't see Gary Harris re-signing here. I think it has a lot to do with what Gary wants. I think, you know, you said we're finding, we're going to, you know, find out a lot about how this, you know, front office feels about this team and the direction. I think you're going to find out a lot about how, you know, some of these players, namely T. Ross and Gary Harris, feel about the team. And I think that, you know, if, if Gary Harris does get traded at deadline here, uh, I believe deadline's February 10th, if he does get traded, I think it tells you, you know, the the front office probably gauged it pretty well from him that he's not interested in, in even having talks coming the summer. So the Magic are going to make sure that they get something in return for Gary Harris. Um, otherwise, I think if you keep him past deadline, I, I think that, you know, maybe that just means, you know, and, and, and yeah, maybe that just means he wanted to stay. He he didn't mind, you know, hanging around. He's kind of getting back in the groove of things. He was, you know, kind of in and out of it. And when he was in Denver, showed a lot of flashes, was really important to those playoff teams. He could be a very valuable asset to a contender with the way he's playing right now, especially um, just the ability to knock down three-point shots. I believe tonight he didn't have a single uh, two-point field goal made or attempted. I don't know if it was attempted or if it was made, but he no, definitely he didn't make one. He had a few attempted. He didn't make any tonight. But uh, still ended up, you know, scoring a, a good amount of points. Was it 20-something? 20 22? 22 points. So I, I think that Gary could, could fit on a lot of these, these contenders. So it'll be interesting. I think the deadline will tell us everything we need to know. I, I, I think it probably would be pretty safe to say that if he's on this team after deadline, that he takes a, a deal with the Magic, a contract with the Magic in the offseason. But my hopes aren't high for that, uh, although I wish they were. I think the only way that Gary Harris is still on this team come the trade deadline is if he gives the Magic like a guarantee, resounding right. yes, I am going to resign. If he is unsure, undecided whatsoever, I don't. If you're the Magic, you have to cash in on that asset. I don't think you can risk, you know, letting you know assets walk away for nothing in in free agency, giving the current standing, you know, of the team, even if it's like, I mean. I think we would all agree a first round pick for Gary Harris would be incredible. Even if it's like a late first or like a early second round pick um, to me, you know, that that's, that would be enough for me to move on from Gary Harris rather than risk losing that asset, you know, kind of for nothing. But look, I think we'll talk more about like specific trade ideas that we have on Monday's episode. Yeah. We'll record that Sunday night and you guys can listen to that kind of leading up to the trade deadline. But for Gary, I mean, you know, it's going to have to be to a team that is, you know, kind of trying to make that push to get into the playoffs. But the guy just makes so much freaking money, $20.4 million this year. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be tough to, to find a, a perfect match uh, for that contract, I think. I think you're going to – you're hoping to find uh, expiring somewhere else in the league that you might want to take a flyer on for a couple of months plus, you know, some, some draft capital. And the Magic still have that trade exception – uh, that you know that seventeen million dollar trade exception from the Evan Fournier deal last year, it's kind of you know remains to be seen uh, what they'll get for Evan Terrence. You know the thirteen million dollar contract you know expires after next season. That's going to be a little bit easier to move. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Luke, before we break down these games uh, just from the last couple of days here, I uh, just want to let you guys know, if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you guys are listening to us on Spotify, uh, just pause this episode really quickly. Leave us a five-star rating. If you're on Apple Podcasts, also leave us a review. If you've already done it on your device, grab your sister's phone, your mom's phone, your dad's phone, your grandma's phone, Who the, the stranger in front of you at the grocery store in it's line. Good. Grab their it's phone. Good way. Just I need I'll give yeah I'll give you your phone back in two seconds I just need to leave a five star rating and review for the six man show do it on Apple do it on Spotify if you have an Android steal an iPhone if you have an iPhone you can still download Spotify and give us a five star rating uh, and on, I, and oh, I wanted uh, yeah, yeah yeah I wanted to add here Jonathan like my mama used to say if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all. I don't want to hear it oh boy. in the. Re- I don't. I just don't want to hear it in the reviews. You know, I, I. We need the five stars. It's helping us a lot more than it's you know taking effort out of you guys. Um, and if you if you use that rating to give us a low rating, that'll be that that'll that'll make me upset. You know, I'll probably cry myself to sleep and tell Jonathan we got you know a one star review on on iTunes. Please, five stars. If you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. You know. Well, now that you put that into the universe, um, now We're it's just definitely going to get happen. bombarded, huh? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, five star ratings definitely appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, uh, you're watching this, just click the like button and the subscribe button. It's literally like your mouse is already near that somewhere. So just go ahead and take care of that for us. Really, really appreciate it. And then shout out our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com/slash the six man show. We have a few different tiers where you can help financially support the show. Each show, we shout out all of our patrons. So special shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio, and Bailey. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Last but not least, if you guys want to call, leave us a voicemail. We'll be getting into some voicemail questions a little bit later in the show. We try to do this on each episode now. You guys can call the number 407-603-1189. Leave us your thoughts about the roster, the you know most recent game, fast food suggestions, whatever you guys want. Please leave us a voicemail again, 407-603-1189. All right, Luke, let's talk Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls. So you woke up Wednesday feeling pretty dangerous. You were pretty hyped up for this game. The reason being is I think it was nine days prior when the Orlando Magic took on the Chicago Bulls at home. I am wearing the shirt, the Jalen Suggs Magic City shirt here. Um, go find, a, I think it's Jonathan Igoat on Twitter was selling them. I'm pretty sure this is copyright infringement. If it's not, good on you. But 
If it is, just be careful. You might get a cease and desist from the magic. Uh, but I wanted to support, so I bought one anyways. They can uh, <laughs> they can sue me if they want through the you know six man show LLC. Don't sue me personally or anything like that. <laughs> anyways, Luke, um, you know Stacy King was all you know crying about Jalen Suggs and you know the Magic being excited about being beating the Bulls. And I'm I didn't listen to the broadcast on this game for the Bulls. I always listen to the Magic on Valley Sports Florida, but I can just he was itching like oh yeah we got Zach Levine back tonight baby we'll see how this is gonna go for these little young you know jitterbugs or what you know whatever the old folks are calling the kids nowadays and in Florida we call them jits whatever whatever the jits are saying but um yeah I went into this game just because I wanted Stacey King to go to bed Wednesday night upset Luke uh Mm -hmm. what about you yeah that was the that was a big reason and then the magic going into the game you know had put some wins together kind of starting with the bulls game right you you beat the bulls you lose the clippers in a ridiculously ugly game for the magic but then you beat the pistons and the mavericks um and then kind of going into it i i mean you know you had a lot of momentum and i think that even though levine was back i thought the magic had a good chance and they they did Uh, to be completely honest it was it was you know down the stretch there and then the magic decided they weren't going to score a bucket in the last five minutes um from the field so i was i was really hoping to beat stacy king that guy uh really rubbed me the wrong way i was listening to the broadcast the whole time and he was just uh that night the magic won and the dude was just annoying like I just just comment after comment was terrible. Then you had the other guy calling Franz Mo. It, it was they had a rough night on the broadcast Call table. Despite, right? Yes, the flip flop. Yes. Um, so yeah, it was just they had a bad night at the uh, at the table there. Well, it was a really fun game. You know, like you could tell the Magic were excited to be in the United Center, the house that Jordan built. You know, looking to get another game against the Chicago Bulls. You know, the the offense for both teams, it was just blistering in this game. Uh, Wasn't really any defense whatsoever. I believe the halftime score of this game, the Bulls were up 70 to 66. Yes, the Magic scored 66, or uh, 63 rather, in the first half. So uh, just offensive explosion. There was no defense in this game whatsoever. As the game started to drag on, it just felt like whatever team was going to really dig their heels in and defend first, uh, was going to win this game. And uh, so the Magic actually found themselves down, Luke, 7.38 to go in the fourth quarter, down by 10. And I'm like, okay, this is this is where the game is going to tilt the other way and the Magic are going to get blown out to finish this game. But the Magic actually go on a 12-2 run uh, with 5.34 left. Wendell Carter makes a 10-foot jumper to tie the game at 115. And then this is kind of the stretch that you were referring to where the Magic just went ice cold, missed their last Eight attempts from the floor, and the uh, the Bulls closed the game over the last 534 on 11 to nothing run, and the Magic lose 126 to 115. Um, it was really encouraging, um, you know, as the Magic you know, fought in this game multiple times. The Bulls would you know extend the lead out to like seven or eight, and each time the Magic would come back, and then you go down double digits in the fourth quarter. You come all the way back, and then like the shots just start stop falling, which. Uh, it was such a great offensive night for the Magic. I believe, Luke, both of these teams end up shooting over 50% from the floor. Magic 49.5%, excuse me, from the floor in this one. Bulls 51%. And the Magic just picked the absolute worst time of the game to go ice cold uh, in the fourth quarter and end up losing this game. So 
it was good, Luke, to see them come out and compete against not, I don't want to say mostly healthy. You know, they're still missing, you know, Zach Levine and Alex Caruso. Um, but, like, and we keep talking about how we don't feel bad for other teams with injuries. But the only version that we've seen of this team all year is without Markel and without Jonathan Isaac. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to compare it to the Bulls. You know, we know with uh, Zach and um, with Lonzo and Alex Caruso and all these guys, uh, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league. But Magic hung in there, uh, but unfortunately just really couldn't get it done. And again, Wendell Carter Jr., every single time he plays against the Bulls this year, he's just a monster. 24 points, 11 of 15 from the floor, 8 rebounds, 6 assists in this one for Wendell. And then Cole Anthony, you know, we've talked about how he struggled offensively lately, had a nice little bounce-back game, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists for Cole Anthony. And, you know, Franz Wagner just doing what Franz Wagner does, 22 points, 9 of 16 from the floor, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Chumo Kiki didn't have a great offensive night, um, but gave DeMar DeRozan about as many, like as much of a problem as you can. DeMar was still disgusting, 29 points. Um, but I thought that was... I don't think it really hurt us that much down the stretch, but it was just really odd to see Mosley go with Gary Harris and Jalen kind of switching, you know, between Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan when Chuma Okiki was like legitimately so good defensively, defensively in this game, Luke finished the night with two steals, three blocks. Um, I know that you've been critical of Chuma Okiki, but now it's like every night he's giving you something like, the beginning of the season, it was like he wasn't giving you anything. But mm-hmm. now, especially like on the defensive end, even if he's not scoring the ball, which he has been lately, he's still been a defensive stud. And we're kind of seeing flashes of why we were calling him like, you know, baby Kawhi and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he has definitely shown more and, and contributed in ways that he wasn't. Um, I I'm still holding out a little bit. On, on Chuma, just personally, um, I think that it just needs to be a, a bigger sample size. I think that, like, I, I obviously, as I'm hoping most people are kind of out on Chuma becoming like a just a stud all the way around. Um, but but I think defensively he can bring a lot to this team and was a big part kind of here recently why that defensive rating along with Jalen Suggs has, has risen kind of to the top there. So the last 10 games, Chuma Okiki, 10.4 points per game shooting 48% from the floor, 42% from the three-point line, uh, adding 4.7 rebounds, two assists, and 1.6 steals. Um, small sample size, but the, the, it's promising You know what we're seeing out of Chuma Okiki the last couple of weeks here, Luke. And, uh, yeah, we've been talking so much about you know, the Magic, how they've been kind of improving defensively in terms of like their defensive rating. The games that we're talking about tonight – was not the case the last two games you know against the bulls and against the pacers you know you give up 126 to the bulls you give up 118 to the pacers tonight luke and we can talk about that game now you know you're really honestly lucky to come out with the win magic were down in the first half by as much as 17 and then come all the way back huge fourth quarter out of gary harris uh he hit it was two threes i think he had in the fourth quarter 10 points in the fourth quarter for Gary Harris uh, led the way for the magic with 22 points. Um, what, what was he like four of four from the three point line to start the game uh, mm-hmm. in the, the first quarter. And then, you know, I think it was uh, what, like two of 
two or two of three in the fourth quarter, two of four in the fourth quarter for Gary Harrison. Um, was, it was really just enough. Uh, Indiana Pacers kind of just like fell apart down the stretch. Ten, I think they had ten threes in the first half and then four threes in the second half, Luke. But the Magic didn't come out with the energy that I thought that they needed to win this game, and that's why they were down by 17 in the first half. It just looked like really got up for that Bulls game, second night of a back-to-back. You know, you're traveling. It's cold in Indiana. Weren't really excited to play. There was no energy in the building, almost no fans there. Like, we talk bad about Amway, but I don't think it's the Bankers Fieldhouse anymore, but whatever the hell that place is called, it is like a desolate wasteland. Like there were almost no fans at this game tonight, Luke. But it's good to see the guys respond the way that they did. You have one, two, three, four, five guys score in double figures tonight. And uh, yeah, just gave you literally just enough to get the win. Yeah, it was a it was a good game. And it, I, I really want to kind of direct back to the trend that I was referring to, you know, in our last episode, which was the amount of points in the paint that this team is consistently getting it it's becoming ridiculous like a night in a night out the magic are giving you at least 55 points in the paint and i think it's a lot to do with you know the young guys you know you know jalen looking a little bit better around the rim more confident franz is attacking more that sort of stuff i look back just to kind of fact check myself back in november uh october november time a lot of those games the magic are scoring were scoring like anywhere from 25 points against like the wizards in the paint 24 25 points in the paint to like or in the 40s usually the magic continually are putting up 55 to 60 points in the paint they did it again against indiana tonight where they scored 60 in the paint against Indiana, uh, pulling up against the Bulls. I think it was like 58, 58. I mean, they are consistently outscoring their opponent, and it is kind of taking a little bit of that pressure off the fact that some of these teams are just lighting the Magic up from three. If the Magic can get these teams to stop being so effective from long range um, and, and kind of get that down a little bit, I, the amount of the amount the volume that they're getting in the paint right now is pretty ridiculous considering where they were at the beginning of the year. And it has been a lot of the key to the, the success that I think they've had. Well, what I think is even more ridiculous is like the volume, the points in the paint. Obviously, the Magic, you know, leading points in the paint the last two games. They've been the aggressors in terms of getting to the rim. Uh, Wednesday night, or Tuesday night rather, against the Bulls, like you said, 58 points in the paint. You shoot 11 free throws to Chicago's 29. Magic loses game by 11. This game is, you know, officiated perhaps a little bit more fairly. This might be a little bit closer. Again, not blaming the referees, but I don't think it's biased to just say the referees this season have been absolutely terrible. I do not remember a season ever, Luke, of watching basketball where we watch these games every single night, and it is just so clear that these referees have no idea what they are doing. Like, the the Pacers tonight had a kid literally run face first into Robin Lopez, who was just standing still, and Robin Lopez was called for an offensive foul. It's just ridiculous. Now, tonight, Magic do a little bit better. They shoot 26 free throws, but, like, at least six to eight of those were the Pacers just playing the clock at the end of the game and playing the free throw game. So it's probably closer to more like 20 free throws on the night for the Magic. Uh, you know, Pacers end up with 23. But when you're dominating, like, points in the paint the way that the Magic are, 
and you're just being the aggressor and getting to the rim, it's just very apparent that our guys are not getting the benefit of the doubt with a lot of these calls. And what is my ranting going to do on this podcast? It's going to do absolutely nothing. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, not even that. It doesn't make me feel any better at all. What would make me feel better is Jamal Mosley, like, getting tossed from one of these games. Like, we we are how many games into the season now? We are... 53 games into the season, like there is a legitimate argument for Mosley being tossed like five times this year. And I would be totally okay with it. So there are certain points where I feel like he just needs to like, we, we saw you tell LeBron to shut the F up. We know you've got that fire in you. Yeah. So like sometimes like tell the referee to shut the F up. Like Cole Anthony did it to a ref last week and got fined for it. So like Jamal, just get tossed once these referees need to start respecting this team a little bit more it's it's kind of ridiculous but so i like you were saying you know some of the time in you know the first half it felt like the magic didn't have calls going their way all that kind of stuff the pacers uh shot at half times first of all into the first quarter the magic shot zero free throws um into the half first half the magic had shot and made one free throw the pacers shot 14 made 12 of them the Pacers, I don't know what they were doing in the second half. I don't know what was telling someone was telling Yo Mama jokes at the free throw line. I don't know what it was, but the Pacers looked terrible from the free throw line that second half compared to the first half. I just want to point out the fact the game against the Bulls, the Magic also only had one free throw in the first half. Right. And and you remember what I was saying about Cole and kind of, you know, this weird thing that he's been doing where he just can't hit a shot tonight. He goes two of fifteen from the field. I said he still is the getting himself involved in other ways. He he had eight assists tonight, um, eight assists tonight, and then also had ten free throws that he shot and made nine of them. So Cole is still trying to contribute. Skewed a little bit. A lot of that was at the end of the game when. True. Know. Yeah, but a lot of that. What I'm saying is like in that third and fourth quarter, kind of you know he had you know 10 free throws obviously gets intentionally fouled dell has five free throws uh gary harris has four um so i mean man i'm i'm with you all right like i am with you he needs to make some damn jump shots he does two of 15 my gosh bro yeah i I know i and i'm saying this because i know cole is so much better than this and like i'm not like freaking out but like I mean, it is it, it, it's all mental, man. It is all mental. And to be completely honest, I was relieved that he was hitting those free throws down the stretch because this guy is going through it. He had 15 yeah. on 15 shots tonight, right? And which is terrible. Two of 15. But if it wasn't for those free throws, he definitely wouldn't have gotten close to that number. I was genuinely worried he was going to miss those free throws down the stretch. Um, thankfully, he didn't. For whatever reason, he's confident from the line, but just not at game speed right now. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's weird. But the Magic go on to outshoot uh, the Pacers in both percentage. The Pacers finished the game shooting 69% from the free throw line, um, and the Magic shot 92%, and they shot 26 free throws compared to the Pacers 23. But I really do think it all goes back to the points in the paint, outscoring the Pacers by 14. Um, Rolo came in and provided a spark in that second half with his, you know, hook shot abilities. And uh, the Magic were relatively low considering their average uh, turnovers a game. They had 12 tonight. Pacers only having eight. So to me, from like a, a, a team stats box score standpoint, 
I'm impressed that the Magic actually came out with this win because a lot of these numbers would say the Magic, you know, didn't win this game. Yeah, and honestly, like this, the Magic stole one, like a one hundred percent. I like the Magic, in my opinion, did not deserve to win this game. Um, like Indiana just completely fell apart offensively, like in in the yep. second half, and the Magic were able to take advantage, and uh, like they always kind of like the the people like the broadcast team if you're whoever you're watching it doesn't matter if it's david and jeff or if it's you know the um like jeff and gundy and uh you know mike breen they always talk at the end of these games when a team is up three with you know like 30 seconds to go do you foul the other team and just put them at the line and then play the free throw game the rest of the way i it always makes me nervous but the magic did it tonight and it worked out to their benefit and they're able to come away with a win but yeah uh, and, and don't look now jonathan but the weekly predictions and everything starting with like um that i went on the orlando magic uk podcast and uh and told them that i think the magic are going two and two i told them that the magic would win against the mavericks and the pacers and would lose to the bulls and the grizzlies i would love nothing more than to be wrong about that grizzlies prediction and mess up me going 100 percent from the field if the magic can win against the grizzlies man at home i mean much needed they get a, a couple days rest here afternoon game hopefully they keep the grizzlies you know catch them sleeping a little bit i i would love nothing more than to be wrong about that prediction with they you know coming up i think we both said two and two but i think i picked them to beat the bulls on tuesday and then mm-hmm. lose to memphis and boston i i might be mistaken i might have picked them to beat indiana and boston because right. boston's not very good but uh yeah uh saturday is gonna saturday and sunday you know pretty exciting the magic get some pretty early games you know five o'clock and, and six o'clock uh, which is you know a little bit out of the ordinary, and then we got a nice ten o'clock game on Tuesday. I always hate these West Coast road trips. These games starting at ten and nine o'clock. I hate them. I'm Central Time until eleven thirty midnight. It just freaking blows. Uh, just never, never a good time really. I'm looking at the rest of the the schedule here. That Lakers game where we that game ended at like one a.m. and then we recorded right after just not a not a good time uh whatsoever but yeah i personally hope that you uh you're wrong about that that memphis game it would be great to have a nice little three game uh win streak if we're able to pull that off before we go on the road all right look i think that's going to do it for uh, recapping the games from this week uh gonna go ahead and get into some voicemails here so first up we've got alex from claremont luke hello six man show it's alex from claremont florida um love the show guys i just i just want to have a quick question for you guys um so with with this draft coming up you know as we're expecting the top three picks are definitely power forwards um what what are the chances you think the magic potentially move 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 on from jonathan isaac since since the three top picks are all power forwards um it seems like the magic are finding players in the starting five who's going to be our, our franchise um, players at that, at those positions, like Franz, that small forward. Uh, he's definitely going to be our, our Franz. Our... So Alex from Claremont with the quick question, Luke. That My, my guy, Alex, <laughs> thank you for the question, but that was not quick. Not that I'm mad at the question, but when you preface it quick and you go on for 75 seconds, I mean, this man's stealing our airtime. No, but for real, thank you for the question. Um yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack there, Luke. Obviously, you know, everybody is concerned about the injury history of Jonathan Isaac and especially now with the amount of time that he's lost. 
Uh, you know, right now, if the draft lottery were to happen today, the Magic would have top three odds at the number one pick. And right now, it's kind of a consensus that in some type of order, the top three is Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo Bancaro from Duke, and then Chet Holmgren. So what are your thoughts there? Like kind of who would your preference be? And then, you know, with one of those guys, you know, being able to play some of the four, uh, do you, are you in the same camp that you find Jonathan Isaac expendable at that point? I don't know, man. It's tough. And and did he mention in that voicemail talking about you know dealing Ji? Is that did he? I mention think that? so. And and that's uh, we've I've seen that uh, conversation like on Magic Twitter. In terms of like in the next eight days, I just don't. I don't know. I would think uh, he means like more in like the off season if we are a- actually able to draft one of those guys. Okay, I was gonna say I I haven't seen you no know, the next eight days type talk. I don't think that teams would want to do that since Jay has been out so long. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what what the move is with that. If you think that you know maybe you think that these guys can put it together offensively and defensively. Jabari Smith Jr. It, He's a freak. I think that he's great. But the one thing that I'll say, and 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 we said it before, I, none of these guys are, are LeBron. Like none of these guys are like can't miss. I don't think they'd be great assets to have on the roster. But I mean, with Jabari Smith Jr. Man, eighteen years old, he's he's still figuring it out, and he looks good doing it. I would love Jabari Smith Jr. I I. It's very hard to say that he wouldn't eventually be better than J.I., but I just don't know. And that's the thing with the prospect, right? Like, we already kind of know J.I. We just need to see him after injury. Maybe ask me this question heading into the offseason. That would be a much better time for me to, like, frame it and talk about it. But I just don't I just don't know where I stand right now. Yeah, for me, um, I haven't been shy about this whatsoever. Like, Jabari Smith Jr. to me is... Right now, I put him just like, I don't know, half percent above Paolo. Um, Jabari just plays with a, a motor that is absolutely incredible on both ends of the floor. He's the better shooter. Magic are in desperate need of a shooter. He can create his own shot. He can shoot over the top of other guys really, really easily. Now, Paolo is, you know, probably like the stronger guy, probably a little bit better of a playmaker. I don't think he can go wrong with either one of those guys. Chet, just the frame scares me. I know the skill set is off the charts. Um, you know, defensive instincts, all that, but the the frame really, really, really just scares me. Partly in you know due to the, the the issues that we're having with Jonathan Isaac in terms of health, and we talked a little bit you know before the show, but like these tall, long guys that are able to move this way, like they just have injury troubles along the way, whether it be Jonathan Isaac or like Jaron Jackson Jr. Or, you know, like a Kristaps Porzingis, like you have a Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant went a long time before he started having a lot of these, like, lower body types of issues. Um, but, I mean, like, Kevin Durant is, is is Kevin Durant. If it was Kevin Durant in this draft, we'd be having a totally different conversation. That's the type of generational talent that we're talking about. Is there a LeBron James? Is there, you know, like a, a, a Kevin Durant in this draft or like a Kyrie Irving? I don't think any of these guys are quite at that level of prospect. Um, like, But in, in terms of this particular draft class, I think those are by far, in a way, the top three. Now, would I be willing to move Jonathan Isaac? Um, it, it's a loaded question, right? I'm not going to act like I'm not a gigantic Jonathan Isaac fan. 
it would crush me to move him you know from this team i'm not ready to give up on the kid i know a lot of people are for one reason or another but um you know jonathan isaac back in october uh was talking about how if it was up to him he would be ready to play opening night and <laughs> he said it was a reasonable projection for him to be back by christmas people are speculating and they've been speculating for months about him having some type of setback at one point or another. We still don't have any evidence of that. And a lot of us think the like the front office is just holding these guys out for the sake of holding them out at this point. Whether or not that's true, it's really all speculation at this point. But to me, it would be pretty crappy if you're holding Jonathan Isaac out and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, you haven't played in a while anyways. We're just going to go ahead and deal you. Uh, it's very possible that you keep Jonathan Isaac on this roster even if he plays this season or not, you could still potentially end up with a top three pick, one of those guys, and then all of a sudden you have so much talent, you kind of let things play themselves out. It's hard to say because we don't know what Jonathan Isaac we're getting. We don't know if we're getting Jonathan Isaac before you know the first knee injury or the second knee injury. Is he going to look offensively as good as he did in the bubble? We just have no, like, we have no idea. If I had to put money on it, I would say he probably isn't going to be the same player offensively. We saw what like two and a half games out of Jonathan Isaac in the bubble where he looked great offensively. That's not enough to say, oh, he's definitely got the full bag now. It's just not. So I guess this is a long way. I mean, it was a long question, so I guess a long answer is kind of fitting. But, um, yeah, I don't know that it's necessary to move Jonathan Isaac if you end up with both of those guys on the roster. And I know we're talking about power forwards, but we're talking about like mostly positionless basketball now, and all of these guys are like – kind of wings like Jonathan Isaac is a seven foot wing which is part of the reason that you know he's so valuable as a player you know as a uh, an asset if he can get healthy so uh, Luke anything you want to add to that yeah you're just gonna have to if you if you want a true chance with your best odds possible J.L. Markell one of one of them or both of them can't come back this season I really hope that's not the case I I think if they come back man I I think that you're definitely not going to get tied for best odds. I, I, just, well, I just don't that's, think so. That's what, what I'm saying. Like, this is put up or shut up time for, for John and Jeff. Like, if, if they decided, and I don't necessarily agree with this line of thinking, but if they decided before the season started that they were going to do whatever they could for one more swing at, you know, the top of the lottery, you're 53 games in. You got 29 games left. It's crazy to say that already. My goodness. You got 29 games left. As much as we're complaining, screw what we say. If this was your guys' plan at the beginning of the season, carry it out. Trade Gary, trade Terrence, sit Markel, sit J.I., whatever you're doing. If that was your plan at the beginning of the season, carry it out. And I think we're going to have our answer in a little over a week here, Luke. Yeah, I'm, 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 it's going to be interesting. All right, we've got one. <laughs> this isn't really a question. We screened this before we started recording. We've got uh, one more voicemail from our, our good friend Tony Huynh. Uh, you know, run social media for the Orlando Magic. Hey, Jonathan and Luke. This is Tony from the Orlando Magic social media team. Uh, I just wanted to respectfully ask that you guys stop asking us to get Franz on the podcast. Have a great night. All right, so this is what I was just thinking about this, Luke. Part of this is cap and part of it is not cap. Like, we didn't seriously, first of all, Tony, we love you and, and thank you for calling into the show. But we didn't seriously, I mean, Luke kind of half-asked. 
I mean, I wasn't going to say no if he lined it up, but I knew he couldn't. So, like, that. But so, we have contacted the Magic to try to get Franz on the show. But, like, of course. We haven't and been they, going through Tony to get that no. done, like, to be totally fair. No, no, no. So, so kind of a backstory here. I'm glad we're ending kind of on a, on a lighter note here, Jonathan. Um, he posted, I believe, I can't see the story now. I'm looking at our Instagram DMs. He posted something of um, of Franz, you know, just a, a picture that, you know, something he had taken. Um, by the way, if you guys, you know, don't follow him, it's uh, Tony H2K on Instagram. Um, Jonathan could pull up his Twitter. I don't know if it's the same there, but. Um, but I, I first of all, what, has the say? coldest shoe game out of anybody that I know. Respect yeah. to Tony. Has the coldest like vintage T-shirt, like Orlando Magic collection out of anybody that I've seen. Yeah. Runs, in my opinion, the best social media account in the NBA. Facts. Like we've come leaps and bounds from the Shelvin Mack fiasco. Mm-hmm. You know, R.I.P. Well, not. I mean, he's not dead, but like <laughs> you know, R.I.P. to that. Like yeah, you era know, era of yeah, Orlando yeah, yeah, Magic yeah. social media. No, no, so. I said he posted the picture of Franz. I replied. He posted on his story. I said, "Tell Franz Boogie to come on the show, bro." And I said, "Is that equivalent to people hitting you up for tickets?" And then he said, "That's like people asking the Magic page to do some GM moves. I just get paid to make the content, bro." And then I just get put a bunch of laughing faces. And then you know, uh, so Tony, appreciate you. Uh, you know, listening to the show, calling into the show. We do appreciate it, and uh, I know you probably weren't even expecting that this would get aired. So you know, we'll you call into the show. You guys watch what you say because it will end up on the show. Anything you say, we can we can share. Yeah. So the them the rules. And so uh, on Twitter, it's at underscore Tony Quinn and Tony spelt the way Tony spelt T O N Y last name H U Y N H. Shout out Tony. So shout out Tony. Thanks for calling in. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it, Luke. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh, you know, Magic coming up this weekend, back-to-back at home versus Memphis versus Boston, 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. And we'll be back here uh, Sunday night to talk about how it went. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.